Hello and welcome to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick Rykowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. And today we are changing our format as I had uh, given uh, into uh, in the last couple of episodes. I was going to have one more uh, autobiographical sort of episode, and I decided to put that off a couple months, and I'll explain that later in a, in a, uh, a future episode. But this morning, we have seminarian Mark Hellinger, and he's going to start us today with a prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, for the opportunity and the blessing to be called your sons and daughters through our baptism. We ask that you pour your blessing upon this conversation, enlighten our minds uh, and our hearts to hear and to, to heed what you want to say to us. Um, and we also ask that you continue to watch over and inspire the minds of those students who are finishing up schoolwork, um, preparing for finals, and all those things that you might bring to a successful conclusion what you have begun in their hearts. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, let me give a little bit of an introduction to Mark. I was trying to remember when I first met him. Mark is the brother of Lauren Hellinger, who some of you will remember, was a student at Purdue, and that's uh, been a few years now. And when uh, Lauren was a student, she went on a, a mission trip with me to New Orleans. And there was a young man on that trip named Joe May, who some of you may remember as well. And Lauren actually had a boyfriend at the time. And I don't know if she was uh, dissatisfied with him, but it didn't matter to Joe. Joe barged his way into that relationship, made a sort of a a point of sitting with Lauren for the 14 hour trip home. And the next year when we were on a mission trip to uh, Pensacola, Florida, and it included Lauren and Joe again, Joe uh, proposed to uh, Lauren on the beach. <laughs> and so we all got to celebrate. And it, it might've been just before that or around then when I first got to meet Mark, who was still in high school, I guess then. And yeah, uh, I think even though at that time, Lauren used to introduce you as her brother, the future priest, but uh, you're, yeah. from, you're, <laughs> you're studying for the Archdiocese or for the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. So not too far from our listening audience yeah. in Lafayette. So tell us a little bit about you, Mark. Where where did you study? Yeah. And where have you been? So and welcome, um, yeah, Mark. I, Very nice to have you. here. Oh, too. yes. Thank you. Yes. It's good. It's good. To, it's good to be speaking to you again. It's, it's been a little bit of, a, of uh, some time here, but um, yeah, so I'm originally from Fort Wayne. I grew up here um, and went to Bishop Lewis High School. And then I actually, despite my original plans or thoughts, I actually went straight into to seminary out of high school. I was originally going to actually go to Purdue. All my sisters went to Purdue and my, my parents have degrees from Purdue, but uh, I, was the, I was the black sheep of the family. Uh, who didn't go there. Um, <clears throat> but that's all, you know, that's, it's all over now. So I, I went into to seminary and I started my two years at the Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio, 
studying um, humanities and philosophy. And then I actually, I transferred to Marion University in Indianapolis and finished my two years of college there. Um, so my, yeah, my official degree is actually from Marion University. Oh, that's right. You, and went then, to, you were at Bishop, yeah. uh, Bishop uh, Brute. Brute, Simon, si- yeah. Simon Brute too, in those yeah. little tiny rooms. Yes, the in the the monastic cells because it, it's a it's a it's a Carmelite monastery that then the archdiocese took over um, and made into a seminary and so yeah they they I actually was spared from having to live in the in the small eight by eight cells because the um, the sophomores and the juniors normally live up there but I, since I transferred as a junior they put me on the they call it the new the new wing even though it was built in 2013 it's it's the newest part of the building um, and those were double rooms um, and then as a senior you get to live in the in the in the first floor which has a little bit bigger they were the old work rooms for the sisters but uh, yeah <laughs> it was a good yeah. time I enjoyed it a lot <laughs> honestly you know I think we have pretty modest accommodations here but we have closets that are bigger than those rooms at Simon Brute right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, yeah. yeah, and they, I think they just renovated a little bit too, but you used to put your wardrobe, the, the juniors and sophomore, sophomores and juniors would, uh, they would put their wardrobes in the hallway to make a little bit more room. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, really? <laughs> but you know, that's just how it is. Um, yeah. So then after I graduated from college seminary, so I did four years, um, split there and then I went to Rome and I, I currently am studying at the North American College and the Gregorian University. So I'm, I'm in my third year of studies there and I'm finishing my first degree. It kind of, the Roman system is really confusing. So I'll try to simplify it a little bit, but the first degree you get is a bachelor's in theology. Um, and it takes three years to do it. And then we start a second degree called a licentiate, which is kind of like a master's degree. And that'll take two years. So I'm over there for a total of five years. And I'm coming to the end of my third year um, in preparing for diaconate ordination in, I think, what is it, like 11 days or, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So so, so you went right from Simon <laughs> Brute to, to the North American College. Correct. Yeah. Is that fairly yeah, typical? So, to, um, to go to the It NAC seems NAC- like every year, yeah, every year there's a little bit of a mix. So some guys will come from college seminary. Um, so like how I did, and then other guys will come from pre-theology programs with other degrees. So like one of my close friends at the North American college, he was a, a JAG for five years in the Navy, um, and then came to seminary, did a year in, um, his diocese and then came over to the NAC. Um, so it just depends on, on sort of your life story, I guess. Uh-huh. But since I, yeah, since I went right out of high school, I kind of just, work straight through. So, so um, <laughs> I know how, you, you know, I, I know Lauren the best and what a good and holy person she is. And I'm so sure she had a, a good influence on you. I don't, I don't, can't say the same for Joe May, but then of course he entered into your life <laughs> later. A little late. He was a late addition. You. So um, yeah, I couldn't you, do anything in, to help or hurt, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you say was the was the real motivators for you to 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 pursue priestly life? You know, because I think I I know I talked to you a little bit about the, considering the Dominicans, but you sounded like you were mm-hmm. all in with the diocese from 
from the yeah at least your initial thoughts about priestly life yeah so when i was really young <clears throat> that was when i first sort of started talking about being a priest apparently um i don't know i don't remember but my my mom always says that i was like four around four when i first started saying like oh i think i want to be a priest obviously i you know you don't know why that comes into your mind my my friend and classmate who will be ordained with me uh, he always has the theory that often we the closer we are to uh, baptismal grace the better we perceive our vocations um which you know i think that's a reasonable theory so that's why maybe young people sort of like will say oh i want to be married or i want to be a priest They're like oh i want to be a sister um but there wasn't much rhyme or reason to it i was always attracted to what the priest was doing and mm -hmm. as i grew up um I do, yeah, it was just always something that was on my heart. Whenever I'd be at mass, I'd kind of, you know, be sitting there praying along and uh, there would just be some sort of movement in my heart that would say like, you're supposed to do that. Um, yeah. like, that's what you're going to do with your life. Did you ever play mass when you were, did you ever play mass when you were? Oh yeah. Kid? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. When I was in second grade, I had a, my mom made me a full, uh, full set of chasubles um, <laughs> really? so i could play I, I i still have them i think yeah oh <laughs> i didn't get that. i don't think i, I could know. ever use them they're a little small <laughs> i don't know what i used as a chasuble when i was when i was playing mass but i remember this we have what did you use for holy communion um oh i would use like those wheat crackers oh like what are they triscuits or something yeah yeah that was yeah. that was probably yeah. closer to the real thing because I used Necco wafers only because they looked oh, okay. like yeah. <laughs> most. And it was a, <laughs> so I was we would play we would play mass in our garage and Susie Hosman lived two, two doors down and she was a Lutheran and I denied her communion. Oh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> a rigid second grader. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, really. <laughs> no, I remember I I used to, when I would play mass I because I had like a um a little chalice and and plates and uh i i the vessels at the end of mass i would always see him you know pour the like or, or turn the patent and then sort of knock everything into the chalice and i didn't really right, right. i mean as a second grader i didn't really know exactly what was going on there so what i would do i remember this because it was so disgusting is I would take all of the extra little hosts, you know, that I had and dump them into the chalice and then they get, you know, full of water because <laughs> the, the wheat and then I'm sitting there drinking and I'm just like, this is awful. Why did they <laughs> so there was just this big gloppy mess of Triscuits. Oh yeah. It was oh. so disgusting. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> just, yeah, so, just so everyone I mean, knows, really we see. don't do that with the host now. Yeah. <laughs> and no. we never have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never been the practice of the church to do that. But uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So so very early though, you were feeling the yeah very early. Movement. And then as I grew up, I mean, it would just fluctuate. So you know, later middle school, early high school, your interests uh, as a as a young adolescent male turn to turn to women, and uh, priesthood and celibacy don't really seem that attractive. So I kind of moved away from it, but it was always there. It was just in the background. I thought I wanted to be a software engineer or a lawyer. Um, and so I, I kind of like, you know, did those things actually um, with another, with my cousin who also, you know, Daniel Romery, I, we did Lego robotics from fifth to 12th oh. grade together. Um, we, we did a little competition 
and things. And that's kind of how I got into or interested in, in software engineering. And that's what I was going to do. But um, obviously that didn't, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't as though it was just like a singular fixation on priesthood. It was just more of this idea is kind of always in the background of whatever I was kind of feeling pulled to or interested in at the time. It would always be like, oh, well, this is really fun. I, I like this. I like, you know, these robots and things. But then you go to mass and it's just like, okay, well, that's my heart is like, this is something uh, the Lord's asking me to do. And so by the time I had gotten to the junior year of high school, some, some things happened, uh, some encounters happened with priests. Um, and like at the March for life, I remember watching all the priests processing in and just kind of feeling my, the weight in my, in my stomach kind of like pull me to say like, well, that you're supposed to be there. Um, and so, yeah, by the time I was a junior, I was starting to admit that I was probably called to priesthood and should, should look into it. How, how did your <laughs> so, family respond to all this? Um, pretty positive. Lauren especially responded positively because she was always telling me I should be a priest. Uh-huh. Um, which is yeah, I remember that really. Funny. She was when I would ever kind of go away from saying I wanted to be a priest and say I want to do something else. She would be like, "Well, I think you should be a priest." Um, <laughs> so she was. They were positive. Originally, uh, right at the very beginning, my parents kind of had a little bit of hesitancy. Um, I think it was mostly directed towards my good in the sense that they were kind of hesitant about the thought of going to college seminary, um, uh, you know, yeah. right out of high school. So they were they were kind of more pushing me to, to go um, and get a degree and then go into seminary. Um, and at the time, my, my way of thinking about it uh, was always, well, priesthood is a little bit of a like less natural vocation in the sense of it. It's a specific grace that's given to live celibacy, to, to live the priestly life. And so I would rather pursue that first and see if it's something that actually I am called to, because then I can always go back and, uh, you know, pursue marriage if I'm if I'm called to that. And so I kind of was in the attitude of let's let, let me discern priesthood first uh, and really engage that and see if it gives life, if it's what I'm called to. And then if it isn't, I can always transfer um, out mm-hmm. and, and do something else. And so eventually one of the, the priest I was meeting with was my, my pastor, uh, from growing up. And he, he would always say, look, if you're being called to be a priest and the Lord wants you to go to seminary, he's going to open the doors. Uh, and he'll, he'll make whatever is to happen, happen. And sure enough, about six months into me really saying like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm working on getting the applications and everything in order. Um, I kind of, I had a really good conversation with my mother. I think it was like an hour and a half or something. It was really long. Um, and after that, just kind of like really laying my heart out and and saying like, this is what I, this is how I see this situation. This is how I feel about this call. Um, it was just all support after that. And it's been all support ever since. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't like a, really staunched opposition, but I think there was just, yeah, a, a healthy sort of hesitancy right at the beginning there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then afterwards, very supportive. You know, that's something so. I, when I've, when I've met with young men about whether or not they're called, I, I tell them the very same thing that you experienced. I said, you know, listen, you know, if you're, um, if you're not sure if you're called to priestly life or to married life, 
you can try out the one first, and if it doesn't work, you could say, well, you know, I think I'm going to call to be married. But you can't do the other way around. You know, you can't get right. married and say, oh, <laughs> this doesn't work. I'm going to, you know, get a, you know, divorce and all, you know, whatever. That, you know, that's not, that's not such, a, such a good path to follow, you know, where you right. can. Yeah. You know, and, and every, every person that I've met who has entered religious life and discerned out Every single one will tell you they came out a better man having had the experience. It wasn't like it was time wasted or they've delayed right. uh, their their life. It was a, is a, a valuable and, and healthy and healthy and helpful experience for them. Oh, absolutely. Well, I also think like the the people that have left in my time. So I mean, in seminary, you kind of get used to uh, <laughs> people come turn and then leave or like and then there's people that stay with you the whole time um there's a lot of fluctuation in that experience especially over as the years add up and i just think like some of the people that have come into seminary uh, and maybe been there for two or three years and then left uh as as much as like seminary has been beneficial to them just forming them into be holy men um they also in a, in a really sort of providential way really help form the the guys who stay and become priests too so sometimes i often wonder if like the lord is actually just calling people into the seminary for the sake of making his priests a little better too yeah um, but <laughs> i always tell people like you know just give it a try maybe the lord is asking you to to be there to make you better and to f help form some priests uh in in the particular yeah have and then you know, yeah, you, and you're called to marriage afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the Spanish have this expression that God writes straight on crooked lines, you know, that he's got, mm. you know, he knows exactly what, where we're going, but we could have bounce all over the place and end up right. where <laughs> he wants us to. Yeah. If we're open, of course, <laughs> we have to, there has to be yeah. this openness. Uh, so the, the college, the college seminary experience, um, what is it something that you're you know so that is a different route for many seminarians because they'll go to college first um and then go into right. seminary uh you have any regrets about that having um not gone somewhat maybe it, more traditional route yeah i always i kind of jump back and forth depending on the the day sometimes i think i really valued my time in college seminary and i think it, it really was a good and beneficial experience um and sometimes I think there's a little bit of like a sense of regret of like, oh, well, I didn't have this other experience. But I mean, some of that's just like grass is always greener on the other side sort of reality. Um, so, yeah, I don't really regret it. Um, but I definitely think it's it's for it's not for everyone. <laughs> Let me put it that yeah. way. <laughs> it, it's for it kind of requires a, a little bit of a depth of maturity going into it. Um Whereas I think, yeah, you might be able to, if you need to grow it a lot, it might be better to not go to college seminary um, in certain ways. And then if you need to grow in other ways, you go to college seminary. Yeah. So looking back, yeah, I don't really have any regrets for me personally. Um, I, yeah, well, you know, I, I definitely, I wouldn't say like, oh, everyone should go to college seminary right. or everyone shouldn't, uh, you know, it's, it's very, I think it's very individual. Well, you and I know, of course, and I, but the listening audience doesn't, that uh, Mark and I shared a spiritual director 
uh, when I was living yeah. in uh, West Lafayette, I would go down to Indianapolis to where he lived at Simon Brute and Father Tom Widner of Happy Memory um, yes. was my, <laughs> my spiritual director for almost the entire time I was in West Lafayette. Uh, and then mm. he was yours. And, uh, you know, of course, he never divulged any confidences, Mark, let me assure you. But <laughs> I would check in on you uh, from whenever, yes. I, whenever I saw him. And he always said, the, the, I, mean, I mean, pretty consistently said that you were you brought a real joy to the, the other brothers there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, it definitely, yeah, I loved those years. Uh, those were some joyous times for sure. <laughs> so it was easy, it was easy to be pretty joyful, but yeah. Father Tom was also a great man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was quite a surprise when, um, I, cause I had just seen him, you know, and then a couple, and he was, I mean, he, he, uh, he could have lost some weight, but you know, he didn't, he didn't look particularly unhealthy and then, then he was gone. Yeah. But, so, um, what did you think when the bishop asked you to go to Rome? Were you were you expecting Oof. that? <laughs> I was not. Um, I got an email from the bishop's secretary a few weeks before fall break in my senior year, and it just said bishop wants a meeting. And I thought, well, man, I'm either I guess I'm I'm probably either going to Rome or getting kicked out. I'm not sure. <laughs> it, was, it was an indescript email. <laughs> so, I um. <laughs> I set up the meeting and, and um, yeah, the, the bishop kind of just sat me down and said like, well, I, I, he always likes to send people to Rome or to at least offer it. Um, Cause it, it's just a unique experience. Um, and mm -hmm. it's kind of helpful, I think, in a presbyterate to have a little bit of a variety of formation uh, and experience. And so he just offered to, uh, in saying like, well, I, I'd like to send you over there. If you want to go, you can go. If you don't want to go, you don't have to go. Um, so there was a lot of freedom in, in the decision kind of being on me, um, but him offering, uh, that opportunity. And so I just kind of thought about it for probably like a day, honestly, cause it, oh, it's not, wow. it wasn't too hard to make the decision. Cause yeah, just turning down that opportunity to me was not going to be, that would be something I probably would regret. Uh, but taking up the opportunity to, to go over to Rome, um, and to be there for five years, it's definitely a, a sacrifice in some ways, but also just uh, a treasury of grace in a lot of other yeah. ways too. So yeah, I guess. And then uh, didn't really look back, uh, came, went over there. Um, and it's been, it's been three good years so far. This last year was obviously a little different um, yeah. with the pandemic and everything, but. Those pictures I've yeah. seen, said people have sent some, uh, you know, like of St. Peter's, just, just, I got one just a couple of days ago, actually, because uh, one of the brothers at, at Santa Sabina, our headquarters, sent me a picture okay. that of the, of St. Peter's Square, just totally empty, except for one priest walking across it. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything yeah. like that. Um, it was, well, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> did you have to learn Italian? Yes. Yeah. So I, um, went over in July of 2018 and for, a, I spent a month in Assisi in language school. So we would study Italian for six hours a day. And then I came back to Rome and did another month of language school, um, at the, at the North American college. Um, and then 
that October we were in classes, which are in Italian. So it was, oh. <laughs> it was kind of like a, uh, a trial by fire. So learned the language and then started learning in the language and it was good. Wow. Where do you, where were you taking, because I don't think the Angelicum teaches classes much in Italian anymore. Where are you, where are you taking classes no. in Italian? So, so I attend the Gregorian University, which is uh, run by the Jesuits. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I the know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, God knows what's going to happen to you now when you're studying there, but. <laughs> you know, it's. It's been all right. I, I, I definitely uh, have benefited from both the Sons of Dominic and the Sons of Ignatius. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Which one more do you think? Don't forget that when... I when, won't answer that question. <laughs> don't forget that when Ignatius Loyola was trying to figure out what to do, he read a, a, a biography of St. Dominic that inspired him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just a lowly diocesan, so I don't I don't want to get into the into the uh, into the inner inner religious well, order disputes. Okay, all right. Um, well, well, and then plus, did you did you learn Italian from the Franciscans? No, when, well, when, I mean, I learned it in Assisi, but uh, they were lay professors. Oh, okay. So well, I do that's have a, that... Franciscan professors, but you do teach at the Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's have, a potpourri. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good thing too. You know, like you say, you're, we'll end our conversation with seminary and Mark Hellinger there and pick it up again next week.